0: Off the ball. The salary cap has gone so low, it's a very interesting decision. The decision is do you work or do you play rugby? You know,
1: and and it may be better off to work.
0: Subscribe to the rugby stream on the OTB Sports app now.
1: Off the ball daily.
2: And you are welcome to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through till five. We hope you're doing all right. and Enjoying the summer, even though it's has been a rain about today and the dominant story, folks. The Republic of Ireland's poor result in Greece, a 2-1 defeat in Athens last night, which means our hopes of qualifying for next year's European Championship finals in Germany are fading already. David Connolly and Gary Breen will reflect upon the game on Football Saturday between 3 and 5. What did you make of it all? The text line's open, folks. 53106 at the cost of 30 cent. You can also tweet us out off the ball by the temperature of my own Twitter replies. A lot of resignation out there. Some anger as well. So many matches, too, in Gaelic games this weekend in the Football Championship over the next couple of days, also in hurling. We'll preview the action with Finian Hanley and Cora Staunton in terms of the big ball about 120. We'll also hear from Kieran Donaghy after two and... And gather at Noel McGrath's thoughts in advance of Tipperary's hurling qualifier with Offaly later. Also day three of the US Open. Good news. Rory McIlroy in contention here to win a first major in nine nine years right in the hunt. Uh, Gary Murphy, the ex-European Tour Pro, will look ahead at about 2.35. We'll start off the show, though, with this
0: Acropolis now
2: in Greece. Aidan Delaney.
0: Yeah, um, that's the headline that's been floating around and it was floating around actually earlier in the week as well and I thought, why are everybody so negative? The horror, the horror. The horror and then the negativity really set in last night just trying to watch that performance. I mean, God almighty. (laughs) It was always going to be tough and we had the, the debate on Football Saturday last weekend about going to Greece and, you know, the temperature and Greece are actually a decent side and they've been playing pretty well under Gus Poye, but to not even make an effort last night that was that was the most disappointing thing. If You know, if we go there if we have 15 shots and the goalkeeper has a great game and, you know, we come away with a 2-1 loss you know, you, you could probably take that but... There was just no effort. There was no well, game I, plan. I think it was an effort, but it was a disjointed effort. Very disjointed, yeah. And and the game plan seemed to be nowhere. And we had Vinnie Perth on the on the show last night. And he was saying that, you know, going in 1-1 wasn't the worst thing in the world. But, you know, that that halftime team talk was going to be the biggest one of Stephen's life. And then to concede within four minutes of that team talk, that really just summed up the, the campaign so far. And, and sums up Stephen Kenny's side so far, really. It's... It's been hard to defend him all this time because I was somebody who was delighted to see him come in. And even looking at that team last night, I thought there's a bit of invention here. You know, Evan Ferguson up front, uh, going with two up front, having Will Smallbone come in. It looked like this was a side that was set up to get goals and then, like you say, just disjointed. There was no kind of link-up between the the forwards and midfield. Um, Matt Doherty was absolutely anonymous until his his kind of um, collapse late on and getting the right card and everything. And It's just... It's just hard to defend John Egan though says the players yeah he was he was speaking to our own Nathan Murphy last night and he was captain on the night as well he says the players have to take responsibility for the poor showing in Athens last night yeah listen the manager has been you know he's been working you know so hard to, to get us to improve and you know we're doing loads of good work off the pitch and you know, some performances uh, were really good and you know we just have to be more consistent um, at the end of the day the manager doesn't cross the white line it's us as players and you know we know that we've we've got to be a lot better than what we showed tonight you're only just out of the dressing what has the feeling been in there post game as to what you could have done differently especially as i said everyone came into this talking about the 10 days and the time and an opportunity on the training ground how frustrating is it that all that effort went in and then when you go out in the 90 minutes it doesn't happen? Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, you know, as I said, we know ourselves, we weren't at our best tonight. Um, and also, we didn't come up against a bad side, you know, Greece are a good side, so we're going to have to be on our A-game to get a result. Um, and yeah, we know we know it wasn't good enough tonight. Does it make you question what's going on? No, definitely not. Um, you know, we're working really hard, um, but at the end of the day, you have to go out and you have to perform, and, you know, I don't think we performed tonight.
2: What it does is it makes you forget about France completely. Cameron Hill is in studio with us as well. It makes you forget about that really positive, encouraging display against France because once again, like Luxembourg, like Azerbaijan, like Armenia, another clangor being thrown in, and that the more that goes on, the more you feel this is going to get.
1: This is reaching a dead end. Yeah, it doesn't feel great. Good afternoon, JD. I'm sort of, <laughs> it's hard to, it's hard not to be sort of gallows humour about it at this stage because although, you know, we're eulogising a little bit, it does feel like this is, this feels like a nail in the coffin for Stephen Kenny's tenure as a uh, Republic of Ireland manager, which is such a shame because I suppose... I really enjoyed in the early stages seeing a team play with a bit more energy and a bit more ambition and having a manager that gives you the ambition and empowers you to go and you know actually play football instead of this swathe of previous managers who always said that Irish players weren't good enough to you know perform that type of football. I was sick of this managers coming in and saying that you know players like Wes Houlihan and Seamus Coleman like two generational talents. Um, weren't good enough to play the type of football that Spain and Italy or some of the more progressive nations would play. It sort of felt like a school play where someone would come up and say, can I be the role? And say, oh, but you're so much better as tree with no lines, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, that last night was dire. I didn't I, I watched pockets of it, um, you know, <laughs> I'm getting all well, I'm not getting on I'm still a young man but even now there's only so much Ireland football I can take you're wary already are you yeah and there were it was the towards the end that chance um, I'm not sure which Greek player came through but he was completely unmarked and his ball just glides the other side of the crossbar and he was completely unmarked for the whole time it was a counter attack you know it's basic defensive stuff that's really frustrating me um, and if you're not scoring the goals up top, which we were told was going to be the objective here with a proven goal scorer like Evan Ferguson and building a team around such an important talent, if we're not scoring the goals up there, the defence looks even worse. So, yeah, last night, this, yeah, I'm not feeling great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I, there's a lot of things, and we'll obviously go into the expertise of, of Gary Breen and, and David Connolly later, but the the, the the shape of the team the really were exposed down the flanks in terms of their width. Uh, they overran our midfield. Or didn't, our midfield didn't play great. Gap Mizuno was our best player. That says a lot. And Greece are a team that are just slightly ranked below us in the rankings, but they were technically much more comfortable, it seemed, on the ball. And the training camp uh, didn't bear fruit. And... As we've seen before, we played well against Portugal very well, and Portugal played very well against France, the World Cup finalists at home back in March. But you've got to follow that up. You've got to solidify those performances and that promise, and then the promise then uh, disappoints you in, in a subsequent game. And what it means now with the French and the Dutch, also in the group, even though the Dutch aren't playing well at the moment, it makes it harder for us to qualify, and probably means we're not going to qualify automatically as one of the 2 place teams in that group. It then means we have to rely on really a 50-50 chance of getting through the Nations League rankings. We're 26th in the Nations League rankings, 10th in Group B, and that's a Hail Mary pass. And the general temperature I would have felt on social media, and that's never the best reflection anyway, but because it generally tends to attract the extremes, was a lot of people who have been really behind the Stephen Kenny project. And you've seen that in the way people vote with their feet, go into the Viva and having full houses there, that there's a degree of a sense of, oh, um, we're just a little bit disappointed now and people don't really have the answers and uh, the answer might be to look at it is Stephen Kenny the man to lead us to the World Cup campaign and I suppose that's the question I suppose that has to be asked now
0: It's it's very hard to make a, a case for him at the minute because you know we, we were talking about a, a big away win and, and kind of a statement performance something like a 1-1 with Germany it doesn't have to be a victory it doesn't have to be you know this kind of all time great performance um, result for the Irish team but there hasn't been a great away of performance really there hasn't been something that you can hold your hat you know the the game against France was decent and you know we're a great Mignon save away from getting a point there but it's these smaller sides that you need to beat it's something that I think an awful lot of Premier League managers actually get caught up in especially when you're in the kind of relegation battle it's kind of we can take all the the moral victories against the bigger teams all you want it's beating the smaller teams is what you do to get qualified and it's what you do to to make yourself a a decent team going forward Forward and it's these kind of smaller teams, these these teams of our level that we haven't been able to beat, and that's why we've been struggling in the Nations League. It's why you look at Northern Ireland last night; they're very close to getting a result against Denmark. You look at Scotland; they're leading a group with Spain in it. Um, You know, Wales didn't have a great night last night, but they've been really good for the last couple of years. These are sides that should be at our level, and yet we're nowhere close at the minute.
2: Uh, And also, once again, uh, this is the other side of the of the France game and. Whoever the international manager is uh, is only a it's only really a micro discussion point in a macro uh, argument about you know the game in this country you know the, the, and the solving of the game and the creation of an industry is much bigger than the actual who the international manager is I think for the next ten to fifteen years and you see the FAI's plan there to uh, generate government support for that. Um, Aaron and Galway in touch there 5 3 6 I've loved the style of football that Kenny's developed. I think we have the players now. But after last night, I don't think we have the proper coaching or tactics in place to progress the side. If we don't win on Monday, it's another reboot, unfortunately. Well, if we don't win on Monday, it's, we're in San Marino territory. <laughs> mm-hmm. If we don't beat Gibraltar on Monday because they are uh, one of the lowest ranked teams in European football. Um, another Stella's been in touch 5 3 6 The biggest indictment of this performance is it came after two weeks in camp. We gave away the ball in terrible areas, and it's not good enough to say we pass the ball now. And so, yeah, some of the reaction there coming in immediately on on our text machine, 53106. Northern Ireland lost as well last night, Aidan.
0: Yeah, debutant Callum Marshall was left broken hearted after his goal was ruled out by VAR in Northern Ireland's 1-0 defeat to Denmark in the European Championship qualifying games. The West Ham teenager thought he'd rescued a famous draw in injury time, but his strike was disallowed for offside. It leaves Michael O'Neill's side with three points from as many games so far. What else we got? Um, some uh, sad news, I suppose, if you're a big fan of Premier League football. Football commentator Martin Tyler has announced he's leaving Sky Sports this summer. Tyler, who's the one of the most iconic voices in commentary, is bringing a curtain down on a 33-year career at the organisation.
2: He's not retiring. He's well into his 70s now. Uh, we wish him well. And Martin Tyler was... Like an iconic, like he was the voice of Sky, really, with himself and Andy Gray for the first 20, 30 years of, of Sky. Was well, uh, the FIFA as well,
1: JD, for those of <laughs> for us. For a lot of people growing in, up, yeah. In the tens, he was. Uh, Did he have Andy
2: any great phrasing. catchphrases?
1: Uh, the, I've heard the one team very on their game today, the other very off colour, so many times playing a, a career <laughs> mode game where, oh, I'm losing 3 0 again. <laughs> Obviously, Aguero will be the one, Monty 2012. Uh, you know, such a brilliant call on the Aguero goal from Manchester
2: City when they won that Premier League title. Uh, for the first time but like did the 82 World Cup for ITV I remember um, looking back on the, the footage of that and was a top commentator for ITV as well who's going to be though like, I, I, I really like Rob Hawthorne so mm. um, I'd, I'd like to see him get it but um, I think the, the key thing with all these commentators is that they don't annoy you And I, I never really felt that Martin Tyler annoyed me I know some people didn't have the best opinion of him in the, in the last few years um, but no I think on, on the body of work he's a, a legendary commentator Gaelic uh, games there's so many matches going on so can we kind of distill what we have today
0: Aiden? yeah let's go into the football first A quarterfinal up for grabs in group four of the All-Ireland Football Championship round robin this evening Monaghan face Donegal in Oma while Derry take on Clare at Pierce Park both those games throwing in at six Clare the only one that can't progress Charlton Cup as well Yeah quarterfinals get underway this afternoon we have the meeting of Limerick and Leash up first then we have Wexford taking on Meath that's in Navan and Kingspan Breffney Park busy this weekend that's hosting Cavan and Down and Hurling as well Yeah preliminary quarterfinals to look forward to in the Hurling Championship Craig Morgan and Jason Ford return to the Tipperary side that's for their clash with Offaly today and the winners will face Galway next then we have Clare awaiting the winners of the meeting of Carlow and Dublin
2: The Ladies Football Championship gets underway today
0: yeah, last year's runners-up, Kerry, they take a trip to Paranel Park to face Dublin from five o'clock. And then Pierce Stadium is the setting for Galway against Cork from half past seven.
2: Uh, we, of course, don't come up very shortly to give us her power rankings, uh, to borrow an OTBAM phrase on the Ladies Football Championship. Uh, 53106, why are we surprised we lost last night? This team never wins or even draws important matches. They do well in matches that don't matter after they're out of the competition. This is one of our texters. The good news, Rory. Is this finally the week?
0: A bit of positivity. Yeah, Rory is two shots off the lead, headed the third round of the US Open at Los Angeles Country Club. The world number three sits on eight under par with Wicky Fowler uh, leading the way on ten under. We also have Podrick Harrington and Shane Lowry in the field. They made the weekend, both lying on two over par, while Seamus Power and Matt McLean, their weeks are finished. They missed the cuss. So,
2: is it going to be the week? I wonder. And... It'd be just great, I think, for Rory, after everything has happened and him being thrown under the bus by the PGA Tour, uh, to come out and win a fifth major title. And after nine years, it's long enough. I just hope he looks really good out there, I have to say. He was brilliant with his uh, driving yesterday. He was top of the driving statistics. Um, isn't making that many silly mistakes. And he just has a really good game face, I feel, this weekend. And not doing much media work, which I think is important for him as well. Stay out of the limelight. Actually, say you know what? Just say no. Refuse the press conferences
0: there was a really interesting bit in his press conference his flash interview yesterday where he was talking about actually going back and looking back at his old performances and, and looking at like how many irons I used and how many you know I, I wasn't just driving it all the time I wasn't just forcing it um, I was actually enjoying my golf a little bit more and, and and he really kind of put forward this idea that just a little bit of patience and just kind of staying in there kind of he will put the pressure on because he is such a big name. He doesn't have to be aggressive all the time. The, the likes of Ricky Fowler will see him starting to creep up the leaderboard a little bit and it will affect their confidence a little bit more. So, yeah, uh, Rory, if, they just, if he just manages to stay in there, I'd love to see him strolling down the back nine with, with another uh, major on his, uh, on his record. Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, he's made a good start to preparations for the F1 Grand Prix in Canada. The seven-time champion led a Mercedes 1-2 in second practice. They topped the timesheets ahead of his uh, teammate George Russell. And title holder Max Verstappen was seventh. Uh, there's one more practice run before qualifying takes place tonight.
2: Leona Maguire as well, don't forget, one shot off the lead at the uh, LPJ Mayor Classic. That's, that's uh, continuing there over in the United States. So Leona, like I'm telling you... If it's not going to be Rory who wins a, a major first from this country in the in the next eighteen months. It'll be Leona. Uh, we have cricket
0: news the Ashes is underway this week yeah England's cricketers made an early breakthrough on day two of the opening Ashes test uh, Australia now batting because Ben Stokes made a shock declaration yesterday with the hosts 393 for 8 in their first innings uh, there was also a couple of Stuart Broad wickets early on today and it's uh, they're just heading for lunch and it's Australia who are now 78 for 3 they trail by 315 runs England in a very good position there and to finish uh, racing news yes yeah, so seven race cards uh, seven race card down for Dan Patrick this afternoon the first off there at a quarter to two
1: and just before we go JD best of luck to Team Ireland at the Special Olympics the opening ceremony sure. is tonight in Berlin at a quarter past eight uh, local time so quarter past seven here so best of luck to them
2: absolutely Cameron and Aidan thank you so much for the moment for the news round and plenty to get in touch with us 53106 about the Ireland game last night against Greece uh, where do we go from here uh, you know if you had a view about the team you know, are you keeping the faith or are you kind of changing your view on the basis of what you saw last night? Love to hear from you. We've got Gary Breen and David Connolly later on. But now, uh, after the break, we have Gaelic football. Finian Hanley and Cora Staunton.